afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. And we want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. Today we're going to be teaching from out of the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 26, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. 1 through 4. Amen? In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. And the word bulwarks mean a defensive wall, a defensive wall. So God is going to build and appoint a building or a wall, a defense wall for salvation. And verse 2, it says, open the gates that the righteous, the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. So this wall, this gate of salvation or this wall of salvation that God is making out a strong city, he says that uh, I want my righteous, the righteousness of God, those who are in the righteousness of God to actually uh, to enter in. Mm. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Father, we, we are in the place where the majority of people mind doesn't stay on Christ and, 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 and doesn't stay on God because there are so many different entities in the world. But we must understand in order to receive this defense wall or enter into this defense wall, we're going to have to keep our mind in perfect peace in God and in Christ. Verse 4 in Isaiah 26, trust in the Lord forever. For Yah, which means the rock of ages, or the Lord, who is everlasting strength. He says, trust in Yah, or the rock of ages, or the Lord, or who is God forever. Huh? So therefore, I want to tag this today, my brothers and sisters. I want to tag this today. Uh, 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 the Lord, the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus. The Lord, and the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus. Let's continue in the book of Isaiah 26, verse 12 through 13 in that same chapter. And it reads, Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. Uh-oh. He will establish peace for us, and he has also done all our works. So whatever God has done in us has already been done to us. The works that God did way in the beginning. But I want you to realize, Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. Verse 13 says, O Lord, our God, Master, because besides you huh, have had dominion over us, but by you only we make mention of your name. That is important to me. We make mention of your name because you have to know in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Lord, the Lord God, 
and the Lord Jesus. I was attending the church a few yesterdays ago, or just a few weeks ago, my brothers and sisters, and I and I was I was in the presence of a pastor that was preaching and teaching. And let me tell you something. He said, "Jesus, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus." I, it was not one time out of his sermonic presentation I heard the word Christ. Now, he mentioned God, but I didn't hear the word Christ. But you have to realize, in our teaching, you have to understand, see, no one can come to God, our Father, except through Christ. So if you're teaching on Jesus, 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 you have not so learned Christ. And that's what the church is not realizing. If the scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20, you have not so learned Christ. It is telling us we are missing something about God. Before that, in verse 18, it says that, that those who have been alienated from the life of God. Hey, you don't ever want to be alienated from the life of God. Because the being alienated from the life of God, see, you can have the life of Jesus and not have the life of God in Christ. And I'm going to prove that through scriptures today because this is heavy to me because people don't realize in the people or the church, huh? The church folks does not realize they think they have Jesus because they think they're all anointed and, 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 and have the Holy Spirit feel all in their toenails, all in their fingernails, and they and they get these goosebumps and, and they just say, oh, Lord, and I understand that. But if you don't have the spirit of Christ and the spirit of him, you just might not be where the Lord and the Lord God is. Although you are where the Lord Jesus is. So let's let's see what we say. There is a vast difference in these three identities of God, although all 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 of these identities or entities of God serve one purpose. That's to bring us back in close proximity or nearest in space or in close time, or in close relationship, or in close proximity with God in Christ and through, and through Jesus. Let's look at Matthews 28, verse 19 and 20. And Christ came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Why? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. So I want to explain the Father. We're going to go to Luke 24. I want to explain the Son. We're going to go to Luke 21, 22. And I want to explain the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus or Emmanuel in Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 35. So let's go and find out the Lord Jesus. Huh? Because the last shall be first. And the first shall be last. So let's explain in Luke chapter 1, the last. And then we explain the first. 
as we continued on. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 35, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb, Mary, and bring forth a son, Mary, and shall call his name Jesus. Uh-oh. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God, who is Christ, will give him the throne of his father, David. Why will the Lord God give it to him? Because remember, God is resting. The Lord is resting on the seventh day. Hey, glory. So now God says he will be great. So that means he hadn't become great yet. He will be called the son of the highest. He hadn't been called the son of the highest yet. And the Lord God, who is Christ, will give him the throne of his father, David. So Christ going to have to intervene with this son, Mary, called Jesus, in order for him to receive these things that God promised. Mm. Let's go to verse, huh? Luke chapter 1, verse, let's go to continue reading verse 33 in Luke chapter 1. And he will read, and he will ruin over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, because the angel was giving Mary this prophecy and speaking to her, how can this be since I have not known a man? And the angel and, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will, 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 will overshadow you. And therefore, also that the Holy Spirit who is born will be called the Son of God. So now we got to understand that something is taking place, but it just hadn't happened yet. So she's going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. Huh? But what she's going to be conceived of, the, the power of the high is going to overshadow what he, whatever she's going to be conceived of. And therefore, the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So Jesus is not actually the Son of God because Jesus is actually the Son of Man. Because she was, because he came through a woman, but when the Son of God, and he's born and baptized, and it, just, it says that, and the power of the Most High, the highest, will overshadow you, and therefore also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So the one who's going to be born, who is Jesus, through a woman, can't be the Holy One if he's coming through a woman. But the one who's going to be from the most highest, going to overshadow him, going to cause his persona or cause his, his persons to change. Or in other words, he's going to be born again. Huh? But he is not the Christ yet, because the high, because the power of the highest has not overshadowed Jesus yet. It happened when Jesus is born again by the water and the Spirit, huh? In John three sixteen, in John chapter three verse six, it said that you cannot see the kingdom of God 
unless you're born by the water and the spirit. The earth had to be born again by the water and the spirit. Because in Genesis 1 through 1, 2, and 3, it says, And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness is on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, the deeps, the depths of the waters, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So therefore, we see the water and we see the Spirit. And the earth was in contamination and the earth had to be born again in order for the earth to become what God called it to be when he created it in 1-1. So now, before man was able to be created from out, of, from out of something that was contaminated, God had to birth it again and for it to become what it was. So if the body that came from the dust of the ground in Genesis 2-7 if it was born again, it was already birthed, already from out of the earth that it came from because God had already birthed the dust. Hey, and he created the dust from out of what it was birthed of, which was the water and the spirit. So now you got a body that came from the dust. Hey, glory. That is a picture of the Lord Jesus when the word was made flesh. And just like the word that was made flesh had the body of the dust, the dust had the same body that the earth did when it was contaminated, when it was void, and darkness on the face of the deep, and emptiness was in the process of it. What I mean by that the earth had the knowledge of good and evil. He glory. Before the earth. Huh? Was born again. So by the time God made a. By the time the Lord God made a body. <clears throat> from the dust of the ground. That body already had. The knowledge of good and evil. That body was never supposed to have dominion over the earth and every creepy thing in the earth. It was the body that was in the image and the body that was in the likeness. It was the body that God took from the earth and the body that God took from the heaven when he made in 127, in Genesis 1:27, when he said, and God created a man in his own image and in the image of God, he made male and female. He created he, him, he created he dim in his own image. That was the body that was made without hands that God had given the heavens and earth. He has given dominion to that body. The body from the dust of the ground already had the knowledge of good and evil, but when Adam lost what he had, he already manifested the good and evil. The good and evil that the earth that he came from out of the dust. Adam was just named from the dust. The dust was never Adam. Come on. 
So now you have to realize, my brothers and sisters, when God says we should have dominion and we should have power and we should have we should subdue the earth and the heavens, we were supposed to be in a body that was in God's own image in order to do so. Hey, I got to get out of that. So now let's go back to Luke. Jesus Christ. My God. Also, we see mm, whatever God was doing when the body of God, when the body of Jesus had to be born again, it had already been done. It had already been done. So this process he did in Luke chapter 1, where he should be born of the highest, the, the born by the, the, the most, the, the, let me read it so I know what I'm talking about, amen. And he says, you shall be born, huh? You should be overshadowed by the highest. So the most high God, through the body of Christ, going to overshadow the body that was born as Emmanuel or Jesus from out of the flesh of Mary. So now let's continue in Luke chapter 1. Verse 74, because this body of Jesus was birthed for a purpose. Hmm? And that's why I was saying in the offset, you have to be careful about this thing about the Jesus, Jesus, Jesus thing. Because you have to get into Jesus to get to Christ. And to get to Christ, you have to get through Jesus to get to Christ. And to get to God, you got to go through Christ. But if you don't understand that process, you will be always in a place where you'll fall asleep in a place where you can't get the rest that God rested with on the seventh day. Mm. Because there's a rest for the people of God. So let's go to Luke chapter 1 and continue and explain why was the main purpose of Jesus' ministry. In Luke chapter 1, verse 74, in that same chapter we just left from out of, or uh, uh, that we just left from out of, he says, to grant us. So the purpose of Jesus' ministry was to grant us that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies and that we might serve God without fear. Mm. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says that he himself, participated in flesh and blood huh? that we might be released from the power of death that we've been in fear all our lifetime. So here we go again that deliver us from our enemies and that we might serve God without fear. You know, the spirit of God, matter of fact, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it ain't the fear that God wants us to have for him, for us not to believe what God is doing through the wisdom he give us as him. So now, hey, we are being delivered from the hands of our enemies and that we might serve God without fear in true holiness and in true righteousness before God in all the days of our life. Now in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 says, and we put on, hey glory, the new man and the new woman which was created according to God on the sixth day. 
in true righteousness and in true holiness. So the body that was made on the sixth day was true righteousness and true holiness. And here the body that was come that came through the dust of the ground, which was Jesus' body, came to bring the knowledge of salvation up to this point. So now we have to realize that God granted us through the body of Jesus to deliver us from the hand so we can be without fear and himself. Huh? Even Jesus himself who came in flesh and blood had to deal with death and take away the sting of death which is the devil that he may release us. Hey! From this body of death. So we needed a body to replace a body. So that if we put on the new man, that body would be a picture of the body that was in Genesis 2-7, that was created, that was formed from the dust of the ground, and Christ, as the Lord God, breathed the breath of life. Come on. Huh? Into his nostrils, he became a living soul, the man. So the man became a living soul, not the body that was from the dust of the ground, the man which God created in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 in his own image and in his own likeness. That man that he created as a male and a female, that's the one that became a living soul. Yeah, glory, I got to get out of that. Because you have to understand that the body of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and the Lord God, and the Lord is three different bodies. But it comes from one source. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I come to talk to you a little bit today. I didn't mean to get too fired up with you, but I'm telling you, I'm on fire right now, so y'all better watch out. So now, let's continue reading in that we put on the new body because it ties into what God was saying here in, 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 in 1 John chapter, in 1 John verse 75 in true holiness and true righteousness because in the way of righteousness is eternal life in Proverbs, 20, in Proverbs 12, 28. So if it's in true holiness, it has to be in the true spirit of God. In John chapter 5, verse 24 and 24 and 23 says that they that worship me must come worship me in spirit and truth because God is seeking for such a one. Because God is spirit. So now we see in true holiness is actually the truth of God in his spirit. And truth to righteousness is the eternal life because in the pathway of righteousness, in the, in, the, in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And death is not even nowhere around. Mm. So if we are actually in this place where he's going to release us from the enemy because the last enemy to be destroyed is death, he has to be talking about the devil himself that Christ gave us power over in Luke 10, 19. I have given you all the power over the enemy. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. He said, I've given you power. That's what the body of Jesus came to introduce to how to be released from what we've been afraid of in bondage all our lifetime. So that's the purpose of the body of Jesus. 
huh, being delivered from the hand of the enemy. And true holiness and true righteousness before God. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want you to realize that you have to understand in the next verse that God was really doing something, huh? That God was really doing something so powerful. In the next verse, I want you to see in 76, huh? Let's continue reading. The, pro the knowledge of salvation. We see here... Mm, that the teaching of Jesus, who brought the knowledge of salvation, was only to enter to, to to only to allow for us to have the interest point or the beginning stage of coming into the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ, the Lord, the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus. Y'all hear me? This is the title: the Lord, the Lord God. And the Lord Jesus. Let's let's continue reading Luke chapter, uh, the Luke uh, the, the Luke chapter one, verse 75, 76. Jesus teaching for thirty years, and Jesus' body was to grant us that we are being delivered from the hands of our enemy, huh? and that we might serve the Lord without fear, and true and true holiness and true righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And the child of Mary, which is the next verse, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For Mary, the mother of Jesus, will go before the face of the Lord, who is God, and prepare the child Jesus' ways. So the mother had an important role in the first five years of the child Jesus. She had to take him to the festivals and the feasts and wean him because you have to understand the problem we have as our, in our adulthood, we allow for somebody else to wean our child and we don't have the, we don't have the time to wean our own children. So Mary weaned this child that she conceived not by a man, but by a body that was made without hands, which was the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was just named Jesus. Jesus wasn't the Holy Spirit at first. The Holy Spirit was given the name Jesus. So let's get that straight. So that Jesus can give. Look what it says in 76. And the child Mary will be called the prophet. The prophet of the most highs. For Mary, the mother of Jesus, will go before the face of the Lord, who is God, and prepare the child Jesus' ways. Why? So that the next verse tells us, so that Jesus can give knowledge of salvation to God's people by the remissions of sins. When do we see when Jesus was teaching the knowledge of salvation to God's people. Let's go to Luke, the next chapter, in chapter 2, verse 40. And the child Jesus grew and became strong in spirit, filled with the wisdom and the grace of God huh, was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he, who Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. As they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, his father, and his mother Mary did not know it. 
Let me stop here parenthetically and briefly explain that the boy Jesus had just committed a sin. Since we've been taught Jesus was a perfect child and he never sinned. The scripture says he knew no sin. It never said he never sinned. Plus the scriptures speaks on they are talking about Christ. When they say he knew no sin. Christ knew no sin. But Christ became sin in the body of Jesus. Now then, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, explains why Christ knew no sin or why people think Jesus never sinned. So now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be recon reconciled back to God. For he who God made him who Christ, who knew no sin, so Christ knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh-oh. So Christ knew no sin, because Christ proceeds forth from out of God. Although the Holy Spirit proceeds forth from out of God and Mary was conceived and the child was named Jesus. But if you think about it, when my daddy and my mom was in the back of the heavy Chevy about to make me, the Holy Spirit was conceived through my father to put in my mother to make me. So God sent the word, wrapped it up in flesh, and gave it to Mr. Washington, and Mr. Washington gave it to Miss Mary Washington, and Miss Mary Washington had me. So the conception of the conceiving of the Holy Spirit that applied to Jesus applies to me and you too. Come on, you gotta be kidding me. So now, if that child came through sin, he had to sin. I don't care who he was. He could have been a mother or the father of everything I know. But if he came through a woman, come on. So when he committed, when he left these three days, Jesus committed a sin. Because if Jesus came in flesh and blood, just like we have, according to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, he had to come through sin in order to be who he was, although he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, just like I was. Huh? His formality of being conceived was by God, but my formality of being conceived was by God through a man, just like he did with Abraham and Isaac and Sarah. But Sarah's seed wasn't Abraham. Abraham's seed wasn't Sarah. The seed of Sarah and the seed of Abraham was Christ. So now, let's get down with this here. 
I just wanted to get that out of him because he brought us into this righteousness of God in Christ because he wanted us to become the life of God in the way of the in the way of righteousness is eternal life. He wanted us to have eternal life in God in his son Christ. The testimony of God is that he has given us eternal life how through his son Christ. So if God is saying that we might become the righteousness of God because God who made him, who Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the eternal life of God in Christ through his son as the living God. And we have to understand that all this here ties into the Lord the Lord God and the Lord Jesus. Let's get back to Luke chapter 2 verse 40 and find out more about the boy Jesus. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother Mary did not know it, supposing him to have been in their company. They went a day's journey and sought him, who is Jesus, among their relatives and acquaintance. So when they did not find him, who, Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem, Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was after three days they found him in the temple, sat in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard, he who? Christ, the boy Jesus, excuse me, he who? Jesus. So therefore, Jesus was astonished. They were astonished at his understanding and answers. So now, this is when the boy Jesus was teaching and asking questions about the knowledge of salvation we find in Luke chapter 1, verse 77. He was, he was brought into the world to bring the knowledge of salvation. Hey, glory. Hey, glory to God's people. And the church is stuck on salvation, but they don't have the knowledge. Come on. So the Lord... The Lord God and the Lord Jesus has everything to do with why we, are, why we have the eternal body that God created on the sixth day. So let's go mm, to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We are familiar with these scriptures and further investigate on the Lord Jesus. The title was the Lord, the Lord God. And the Lord Jesus is no different than the baptism of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So let's go to John chapter 10. I mean, excuse me, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And we're going to further investigate this boy, Jesus, who purpose was for to give the knowledge of salvation to God's people. So in Romans chapter 9, it says that if you... Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm. I asked the question before, if you are saved, what are you saved from? 
We answer that later. For with the mouth, in Romans 10, 10, it says, with the heart, one believe unto righteousness. You got to watch out for that word righteousness because that word righteousness doesn't mean the righteousness in right standing with God. The word righteousness means in Proverbs 12, 28, because that's a part of what Christ came to teach. He says that I'm giving you, I have written this to you because this is the instructions I got from out of the law of the, the law of the prophets, the law of Moses, and the law of the Psalms. So here we go. This came from out of Psalms, out of the law that Christ was teaching in Luke chapter 24, verse 39, 40, and 51, 39, 40, and 50. So now you got to realize, my brothers and sisters, this is a part of the law when it says the righteousness. So therefore, let's see that again. It says that if you confess, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, hey, glory, that God raised huh him the Lord Jesus from the dead huh he said you will be saved and for with the heart one believe unto righteousness one believe with the heart eternal life but it says in the B clause, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you can confess in the Lord Jesus, but not have so learned Christ. So Christ, you need for the eternal salvation, because the eternal salvation comes through the righteousness of God, which because in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And in the path, there is no death. So God is trying to get you and God is trying to get me to understand the difference in where we are at when we are in the Lord Jesus and the Lord God and the Lord. Hey, glory. The difference in believing in the heart and to righteousness, we have to understand to believe in eternal life comes into your heart. It has to be embedded in your heart. But believing that Jesus was raised from the dead only takes a confession. Now this is heavy to me because this type of teaching is not being explained in this, in this priority the way we are breaking it down, rightly dividing the word of truth. So when you begin to understand that all the spiritual cuts ministry and the promise of our father podcast is doing is just getting people to realize what they don't understand. Not stop being ignorant and letting someone cheat you out of your reward. So in confessing with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and being the interest point of eternal life. How we know that let's go to first Thessalonians chapter four. Mm. But I do not want you to be ignorant. Hey, glory. Verse 13. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, Christians, and believers, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Come on. So those who sleep in Jesus, huh, believe that Jesus died and rose on the third day. But they have not so learned Christ. According to Ephesians 4.20, they have not so learned Christ. And then it says, as the truth is in Jesus, who Christ.
Christ through the teaching of the knowledge of the glory of God, which he was commanded to teach. He says through the knowledge of the teaching of Christ, who was commanded to teach everlasting life in John 12, 49 and 50. He was commanded to speak. He was commanded to say. He was commanded to teach everlasting life through the teaching of God, who he was taught from, from out of John 8, 28. Ah, glory. When you believe what God is speaking, you know what God is saying. If God promised me and promised you eternal life, I don't care who else don't believe that they can live forever. I'll be the only foolish one to walk around like Enoch and speak the words of eternal life. Huh? Who please God. Now, my brothers, I get so caught up and go excited. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, even so we will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So we see here that those who confess with their mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead shall be saved. The Lord Jesus. My brothers and sisters, I say this to your shame. Hmm? The majority of Christians and believers, bishops, pastors, and apostles, prophets, preachers, and teachers, and at one time, even myself, as a pastor, preacher, pastor, preacher, teacher, huh, was stuck, was stuck right there in the ministry of Jesus. So the majority of them fall asleep in Jesus. So now we see, excuse me, so now we see where Christians and believers, huh, go when they die and fall asleep. So we can erase this thing about they going to heaven. The truth of the matter, if the kingdom of God is God, and if the kingdom of heaven is a place where people are going, it has to be in God. So now I want you to understand if the kingdom of God is God, the kingdom of heaven has to be God too. Because heaven came from out of who? God. So now we see where Christians and believers go when they die or fall asleep. They go into the bosom of Jesus. Mm. Like they did with Abraham back in the Old Testament. In Luke chapter 16, 22, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried who went to hell or Hades. Come on, let's continue reading. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 verse 14 For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again Even so God will bring with them with him those who sleep in the Lord Jesus For this we say to you by the word of, word of the Lord Or the word of God That we who are alive and remain Until the coming of the Lord Or the coming of God Will by no means proceed Or come before those who are asleep For God or the Lord himself Will descend from heaven with a shout with a voice of the archangels and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So Christ, them, and who die in Christ and you die in Jesus, 
These group, Christ going to proceed or come before or, pro, or, or come simultaneously with the ones who died in Jesus. But there's a group that God is about to mention that is going to remain and stay alive. See, this teaching here is heavy to me because I want you to realize the ones that remain and stay alive is the ones that believe in the eternal glory of God. So my brothers and sisters, let me say this to you. Hey, glory. In John chapter 21, verse 21, when Peter was asking all these questions after Christ taught him how he was going to taste death and see death, he wanted to know about how, what about the other ones? He said, don't worry about the other ones, Joker. Just worry about what I'm telling you. He said, what about this man? He said, what is it to you? If this, this man remain, if I will that he remain until I come back again. And the disciples went to saying, mumbling among themselves, he said, this man is not going to die. And Christ corrected him. He said, I did not say to you, jokers, that this man was not going to die. I said, this man, what is this to you if he remain? Hey, glory. Is there anybody out there wants to remain? glory with the, until God come back for his church the Lord God is coming and he's on his way my brothers and sisters so if you remain he says but I didn't say that he wouldn't die he had to say that because it's appointed to man to die once in Hebrews 9 27 and 28 so therefore and furthermore it is appointed for man to die once so we have to die once because we are entering into the body of Jesus who came for the knowledge of salvation to die once for all sins for every man so if that's the case, my brothers and sisters, it is appointed for us to, I did not tell you he was not going to die. We all got to go through the death, the burial, and the resurrection to get up in the newness of life, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Hey, is there anybody operating from out of the newness of life? So here he's saying, let me get back to John, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, due to time. He said, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord, to meet God in the air. That glory. Then we shall all be with God. So now, the process is so powerful, my brothers and sisters. You have to understand the way we teach you at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and through the Promise of Our Father podcast. You got to go through these episodes and hear God speak. You might try to interpret what I'm saying, but just hear God speak. Hey, Lord, speak to me now, Lord. Just say, speak to me. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, the Lord God. We thank you, the Lord Jesus. 
Now let's go to Genesis. Oh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Let's go to Genesis, the Lord God. So we found out the Lord Jesus, that many fall asleep in the Lord Jesus, and the church is operating from out of the Lord Jesus and thinking they're in the Lord God, although they know that Jesus is the Christ, but they have not received Christ or they have not so, they have not so learned Christ to receive Christ through God. They need God, but they don't have God because they are still in the knowledge of Jesus. Even Jesus had to get out of the knowledge of what he learned about salvation and get the knowledge of Christ because we are all taught by God. So therefore, Christ had to be taught and learned by God in order to teach on everlasting and eternal life like God commanded him to do in John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50. My brothers, I'm letting you know that God is doing something so powerful. I need y'all to continue to pray with us. I need you to just continue to do the thing that God called you to do because it's a powerful thing that God is doing in his ministry. And just because people are dying on a daily basis, they died when Christ was teaching. Come on. They died when Enoch was preaching. When Enoch was way back then, he didn't even have the body of Jesus. Huh? All he had was the knowledge of Christ and God. He just believed that whatever God told Christ and whatever God did in Genesis 126 and 127 and that he did in Genesis 1-1, he just believed that he could live forever because it was God. When he realized through what, he ta what they taught him, the angels revealed to him in Genesis 3-21 and 3-22, they have become like one of us huh? to know the good to know the knowledge of good and evil huh unless they put forth their hand and eat from the tree of eternal life and live again uh, live forever again see he not learned that is anybody out there gonna learn this today the lord the lord god and the lord jesus hey bro, i pray that at least you go to christ let christ reveal himself to you Come on, because in Matthew 23, verse 8, he says, we all huh, are taught by, John, taught by God in John 6, 45. But in Matthew 23, 8, he said that there's only one teacher who is the Christ. Oh, my brother, let's go to Genesis 2, 7. Genesis 2, verse 1 through 7. Let's read it. I'm going to read it real quick, see if I can get out of it. In Genesis chapter 2. This the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which he had created and made. Uh oh, we talked about that the other day. God created and made something on the first day. And God created and made something on the sixth day. So if the heavens and the earth was created, what did God make? God made a man in his own image and after his own likeness in Genesis 1.26. Huh? And he gave that to, he gave them dominion over everything in the earth. And then he made a man in his image and in the, his own image in Genesis 1.27. And he made a male and a female. And he created he them. So he created in 127. And he made in 126. 
So here we read, and then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because it is, the, it is he rested all from all his work which God had created and made. So when God created and made all that on the sixth and the seventh, on the sixth day, he made a man in his own image from out of the earth, which is the celestial. Now there's a celestial body. And there's a terrestrial body. He made a man. He created a man in his own image, in his own likeness. As a male and a female on the sixth day, as he did create the man in his own image, in his own likeness, in the image of him, in the image of Christ. On the sixth day, he took the man that was from the earth that he created in Genesis 1-1 and put in the man. That he created without hands, on that he created without hands, then he put the man that he made without hands into the man, the, the, the man as a male and a female that he created. And he made the two out of the one, and he rested on the seventh day. So on the sixth day, we see the man, Jesus. I gotta get out of all this. We see the man. That was created in the body. That was a male and a female. That's why when he took the body from out of Adam. Huh? And he gave him a, a helpmate. The woman was already in the man. But the woman never came from the ground. Mm. The woman came from out of what God created. They on the sixth day. But the man that was called Adam came from the dust of the ground. So if the man from the dust of the ground couldn't be the same man that God created in his own image, in his own likeness, and that God made in his own image and own likeness that he made on the sixth day out of one man huh, from the heavens and the earth, and he called him man as God. That's the body that is made without hands. Hat glory. So when you got a body that is made without hands, now you see God. Hey. 2 Corinthians 5 1. If this earthly tent or if this earthly house dissolve or this be destroyed, we have another one built by God. Hey. Made from the heavenless, from the eternal. He says, made from the heavenless, made from the eternal. He says, made without hands. So you got a celestial body and you have a terrestrial body that's in the image of God as a male and female that is made without hands that he created on the sixth day. So by the time we get to this next verse, we're going to find out that somebody else made the man from the dust of the ground on the seventh day. Because if God was resting on the seventh day, Christ had to continue to work. Let's find out. This is the history of the heavens and the earth, which they were created. And in the day that the Lord God, uh-oh, made the heavens and the earth, and uh, they, uh-oh, let me read that again. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when, the, when, when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the oh so the earth was created and the earth was made so the earth was made and created just like it was in Genesis 1 1 when the earth was created 
So the man that was created in Genesis in Genesis 1.27 was made like the heaven and the earth like it was here in Genesis 2.4. So the earth and the heaven was made and created just like in Genesis 1.26 when God made a man and created a man in his own image in the image of himself and his son Christ. huh? And he said, hey, I give you dominion. So now we see just the same thing here that the Lord God is about to do in Genesis 2.7 just like God did in Genesis one. 1 1 in Genesis 1 26 and 1 27. Come on, let's finish reading. Before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before the, any earth on the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Hold up. I thought God created a man in his own image. I thought God created a female in his own image on, 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 over here on the sixth day. Hold up. But it couldn't be God that doing the work if on the sixth day he made a man in his own image and he made a woman in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, him, male and female, and he was rested on the seventh day. So the Lord God can't be the same as who created Genesis 1-1. God created Genesis 1-1. But the earth was, matter of fact, God spoke into existence what he created, but Christ made with his hand. Christ made with his hands. Hey, glory. Christ made with his hands what God already spoke into existence. How we know that? In the book of John, he says, in the beginning, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Huh? And all things was made that was made that was with, and he was with God in the beginning, and everything that was made was made through the one that was with God. Nothing was made without him. So if God says he rested on the seventh day, the Lord God has to be, come on, Christ. So we've been taught all our lives that God made man from the dust of the ground, and that's a lie. The Lord God did. Christ made man. God was resting on the seventh day when Christ made a man. I'm just clarifying scriptures, my brothers and sisters. I'm not trying to be mean or nothing like that. Because you know where I am. I get rough around the edges sometimes. Got to slow me down. So this man, let's go back to the scriptures. So this man, if the Lord God did not cause it to rain on the earth, huh? there was no rain to till, there was no man to till the ground. So there wasn't a man. So God had commissioned Christ to do the same thing here. Mm, Jesus Christ. That he did in the New Testament. Everything we read in here is in the New Testament. It's in another form. It's another picture of what takes place here that is taking place there. So now, watch this here. Now God says in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. See, man was alive. When God breathed the breath of life, when the Lord God, or when Christ breathed the breath of life in man, that was the container that came from the dust of the ground, huh? he had life. It just wasn't eternal. How we know that? Because in Matthews, in Matthew 16, and in, in, in Luke chapter 9, 9, 25, it says, What profit a man or a woman if they, if they gain the whole world and they lose their souls? In Matthews, it says that, What will a man give in exchange of his soul? Come on. So somebody has exchanged their soul out for what God had breathed into them. 
So now this is the difference in what God is doing now than he, do, than he did then. So if Christ said, and they became a living soul, and then they say, and man became a living soul. So now it's another man that he breathed in him. In order for that man or the body that was made from the dust of the ground to become a living soul. When Adam ate from the tree, he lost this. And that's why he was naked. He lost his habitation because his habitation, which means the place of, a place to abide with in a place where nobody can touch you at, is in God. So therefore, he lost his habitation and he found himself naked and he took fig leaves. So now we see why Adam was like he was because what he lost was what God made and created on the sixth day. So this living soul and this body that was made without hands came from either the breath of God and the breath of Christ and the body of God and the body of Christ and Christ breathed that body in the body that he formed from the dust of the ground and it became a living soul. So the body he breathed in had the knowledge of good and evil because he couldn't have been talking to the man that he created in his own image and his own likeness as a female and a, and a male on the sixth day. He couldn't have been talking to them because they was God. He had to be talking to that body that was from the dust that they named Adam. So when the Lord God in Genesis 2.14, he said that in the name of the, the third river, I don't want to talk about the rivers, let's go to Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man huh, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, how of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely. Every tree of eternal life, you may eat free, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you shall eat it, you shall surely die. It couldn't have been talking about God because God can't die. So he had to be talking about that body that was made from the dust of the ground. Come on. Get with me now. Hmm? So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, it says, And then the Lord God, look, he said in 21, And also for Adam his, and his wife, the Lord made tonics of skin and clothed them. So now what they lost and became naked of, he didn't do it what he did in Genesis 2, 7. He didn't breathe it. Hey, glory. He didn't breathe the breath of life back into them at the body that was made without hands. Huh? For them to become a living soul. This time he clothed them. And they got to believe in what they clothed in now. That's why we was in, Gen in Romans chapter 10, huh? Verse 9, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, come on, that he raised them from the dead, the Lord Jesus. But he said, you got to go in the furtherance of the gospel of Christ. He says, but with the heart. Huh? One is made unto righteousness, which is the eternal glory of God. So with the heart, I believe what he clothed me in is with a body that is made without hands. And I'm walking in the authority of the glory of God because death has no power over me. My, who will he get to teach knowledge? Who will he get to understand the message in Isaiah 28, 9, and 10? Huh? They that 
that are weaned from the from the breast. They that are weaned from milk. He says, Who will I get? Who will teach the knowledge? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little. And there a little. And he says, now that I have clothed you, I ain't breathing it on you. You got to believe what I speak to you. So now, then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know knowledge. Huh? To know good and evil. And now lest he put his hand and take and also eat of the tree of eternal life. And eat and live forever again. Man, I know this is what God is speaking. I know what I'm speaking that God is saying because God is showing us how he gave us eternal life way in Genesis. I don't need no joker in 2023 to tell me I have to die. Tomorrow ain't promised. Man, go on about your business. You go get that 999 funeral home thing if you want to. There ain't nothing wrong with having security, my brothers and sisters, but to believe in the eternal glory of God. I'm not trying to reject you because in case you not my... You might slip out of here. I'm not saying that. Keep your ducks in order. But what I'm saying, renew the spirit of your mind. If not for you, for your grandchildren and your children's children. Renew the spirit of your mind and put on the new man and put on the new woman that is created in Gen in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 from out of Genesis 1, 1 after God, according to God. Put it on. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know this is powerful to me because God is doing something. The body from the dust of the ground was made by the Lord God. The bodies that is huh, made on the sixth day, the body that was created and made on the sixth day was the two bodies that God breathed, the breath of life in us. So in John chapter 20, God said, he gave us a picture of that body that came through the doors that was shut, that he created on, this, on the sixth day. So the body that he created on the sixth day appeared when Jesus was raised from the dead. It appeared when Christ was raised from the dead. It appeared through the doors that were shut because it was the picture of Genesis 126. That body, how we know the body that God created that was made without hands in his image and in the image of his son Christ was a man and it was a real man and it was flesh and it was real flesh and he created from the dust of the ground and he, excuse me, he's created from the earth that he created in Genesis 1-1 and the celestial body, we have to believe that because the celestial body is in Luke 24-49 but the terrestrial body came through the doors that were shut is in Luke, I mean is in John chapter 20 Verse 21, verse 19. And he, on the sixth day, he came through the doors on the first day of the week. Excuse me. On the first day of the week, he came through the doors that were shut. You know, in the in the Judician or the Judaism study, the sixth day is actually the day of Sabbath. See, we call the sixth day, the seventh day is Sunday, but the sixth day is actually, or the seventh day is actually on Saturday, which is the sixth day to us. So actually, we got it wrong and they got it right. So watch what happened when he came through the doors that were shut. He breathed the breath of life on him, but it was a picture of the body. God, Jesus, it was a picture of the body that God created in Genesis 126. 
It wasn't the body that he created, that he, excuse me, it was the body that God made in Genesis 1, 26. But the body that he created came in Luke 24, 49. So when he came in the body that he made, hey, glory, when he came in the body in Genesis 1, 26, where he said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. And he said that he gave them dominium and over all that. The body that was from the dust never had dominium. So when he came through the door that was shut, he was showing them that he had dominium over everything. Even the doors that was shut. And he says, you got anything to eat here? That's in Luke 39 and all that. I ain't, I ain't got time to go through that right now. He says, hey, you got anything to eat, huh? Touch me, feel me, handle me. huh?" He says, uh, 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 a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me. So the body that he made in Genesis 126 had flesh and bones. Because God gave it a body as he pleases. And matter of fact, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 40. He says he's giving his body as he pleases, 39 and 40. He says a terrestrial body, a terrestrial body, and it's a celestial body. He says a natural body, and that's a spiritual body. He says a natural body comes first. So the natural body came first in Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, and the natural body came first, but it was a spiritual natural body because it was a body that God gave huh, his spirit as he pleased. So that body came through the doors that were fled, that was shut in flesh and bones. And he said, you got anything to eat? Huh? You got some red beans and rice, man, Peter? You got some catfish? Come on. You know I'm from Louisiana. Some fried shrimp, boy. You got some fried shrimp over there, Peter? Hook me up. So he ate, and they, and they start marveling. But he told Thomas. He said, look here, Thomas. When I came through the door that was shut, when you wasn't there, this is what I did. See, you miss history, Dalton Thomas. He says, I breathed on them. Yay, glory. You hear what I'm saying? He says, I breathed on them. So what he did, he breathed the breath of life on them. Mm. That he did when he did the breath of life in the person, Jesus Christ. When he did that body that was made from the dust of the ground. And it was alive. But the true breath of God came when the Spirit of God said, I will send the promise of my Father breath and breathe it upon you, and you shall be endowed with the breath of the body that is made without hands that I created on the sixth day, and you shall become a living soul. Stop exchanging your soul for all this foolishness that you're seeing in the church. Come on! My brothers and sisters, the Lord, the Lord God and the Lord Jesus. My brothers, we're going to have to distinguish who is who and distinguish and teach this to the church and teach this to those who have been called into a ministry to go greater and deeper into God because God wants us to realize this is not about the spiritual culture ministry. This is not about the promise of our Father podcast. It's about getting people to understand and coming into the knowledge of the glory of God. I don't get any glory out of this. God get all the glory and all the praise. So you have to understand this is not about us. This is about God. So I need my brothers and sisters that you understand these two bodies because in Luke 24, he began to explain. He says, when I breathe on you, see, because God says, I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. Huh? 
When I just, I'm looking out my window here in Atlanta, Georgia, live, and I'm telling you, the UPS guy came, Federal Express. The Federal Express just dropped a, a, a box off. So I ordered something and they sent it. So when I get it, I can put it on whatever's in there or I can use it, whatever's in it. So God said, I will send the promise of my father to you. And he says, if you're going to, so whatever's in that box should encourage me because I ordered it. Have you ordered eternal life lately? Have you ordered the spirit of God, the promise of our father, huh? The testimony of God. Have you ordered the gift of God? Put it on. So he give us all these scriptures to see where God is at. God is saying, I need somebody out there who's going to walk and talk and follow me as I speak the words of eternal life. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, God says, I'm not going to breathe it on you anymore. He says in his word, in Acts chapter 2, verse 28, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hey, glory. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh so they can dream dreams, prophesy, and see visions. Well, my dream is to live forever. My prophecy is to live forever. And my dream dream and to prophesize is to please God in what I dream and prophesize about. So what is yours? He go. So my brothers and sisters, let me close this thing out because I'm telling you the Lord that we found out is God who created the heavens and the earth in the beginning in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And the Lord God was, the, was, God, was Christ creating the man from the dust of the ground. He says, and the Lord Jesus is the one I sent to get rid of as the Lamb of God to get the dirt out of your body, to get the sin out of your body, to get the knowledge of good and evil from out of your body. He says, although you may be teachers, you need to be taught again. Wait, glory. Come on. You need to be taught again. The first principles of the oracles of God, which is found in Genesis 1, 3, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. They have become like one of us. He has dressed them. He has put on clothes. He said, put on the knowledge. Put on the body of God that is created in true righteousness and true Put it on, my brothers and sisters. He says, I'm telling you what you got to do as the Lord God. Hey, glory. Come on. He said, you got to put it on. So Christ was teaching them about eternal life. But Christ says, I got to go back and get and put on my outfit too. <laughs> In John 16, 7, he says, it's an expedient that I go. If I don't go, the comforter cannot come. He says, I can't come back. Uh, if I don't go and get baptized by the Father myself, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptized by God yet? Have you been dipped in the blood of Christ yet? I know you plead the blood of Jesus, but have you been dipped in the blood of Christ and God yet? Because the blood of Christ and the blood of God is two different bloods than Jesus' blood. Christ and Jesus, Christ and God blood is spirit. Jesus' blood had to be changed into the spirit by God in order for it to come through the doors that were shut. This is Pastor D. Thy glory. The Lord, the Lord God. 
in the Lord Jesus. My brothers, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. I pray that the ministry of the Promise of Our Father podcast, renew the spirit of your mind, bring you into a deeper place, continue just praying for the ministry, and God's going to keep continuing doing what he promised to do, and that's to continue to give us eternal life. Plead the blood of God, the blood of Jesus, and the blood of Christ upon your life, upon your family lives. I thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, God. Continue to do that what you promise as the Lord, the Lord God. And the Lord Jesus, continue to do that, Father, as the baptism of the Father, baptism of the Son, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this message in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.